Do you know God like this? In the last episode, we talked about how men everywhere are under attack. And as we look deeper, we discovered that this attack of our enemy is strategically correlated with the plan of God. God's plan was family and the foundation to all families are fathers. In today's show, we are going to examine the heart of the issue from another angle. People know and relate to God in a number of ways. You may know him as awesome, powerful, sovereign, the creator, the all-knowing, and holy. Today, we will meet him as father. Let's get into it. You are listening to Raising the Standard, leadership, mindset, and development for the kingdom man. If you've ever wondered, how can I be the man God created me to be? Or maybe you asked yourself, what purpose does God have for my life? If that sounds like you, then you're in the right place. My goal is simple, to help you access the unfair advantage all Christian men have and give you actionable strategies to reach your full potential. My name is Josh Kachadorian. I am a best-selling author, husband, father, disciple, and son of Jesus Christ. If you're ready to get off the sidelines, upgrade into your identity as a kingdom man, and take the territory that God has for you, then it's time to raise the standard. Welcome to Raising the Standard. I'm Josh K, your host. This is Leadership, Mindset, and Development for the Kingdom Man. And today we're going to be doing a part two to last week's episode. In last week's episode, we thoroughly dug into this attack that is being leveled against men. It's being leveled against families. And the target is you as a man in your role as father. Because if the enemy can leverage a strategic attack against fathers and attack the foundation of all family, he can warp and he can influence and he can negate the view of God for many people. Because the way you relate to God for many of us is going to be the way we related to our father. And if you take out that missing piece of how people and how children relate to their earthly father, they will lose the context of how to relate to a loving Heavenly Father. If you want to go deeper into that subject, I'm going to highly recommend you check out last week's episode titled, This is Why You're Under Attack. So guys, right now, the world and possibly yourself, we relate to God in a number of different ways, various ways. And I love talking to people about the Lord and sharing my faith. And when I do... And when I ask people what their image of God is, you'll hear various things. A lot of people will view God and they'll put him off in a box or in a corner. They view him as a book that the Bible represents God to them, or it's possibly a church building um, and maybe a judge. You know, we hear that quite a bit as well, that, you know, God is this judge. He's in heaven with a hammer, ready to get you. He's ready to find that thing you're doing wrong and criticize you or discipline you or punish you for something you did that separates yourself from him. And unfortunately, that is the view that many people have when they think about a creator, when they think about a sovereign creator, or they think about God. And throughout scripture, guys, there are over 100 names for God. These are the names of how we relate to him, how we know him, and really how he has revealed himself through history and through scripture for us 
to come into a progressive and unfolding revelation of who God is. And we can see this starting with Moses. When Moses is speaking with God and God is sending him to Egypt, God is sending him to go before Pharaoh, and Moses responds and says, whom shall I say sent me? He's looking for the name of God. How is he going to reference God who's sending him on this mission? And God responds and says, I am. Tell them I am that I am has sent you. And then throughout scripture, we will see this progressive unfolding, this revealing of various aspects and character attributes that give us a greater and greater glimpse into the character, the personality, and who God is to us. So let's annihilate a myth right now. I want to destroy a lie that we find permeating current culture, and it's probably enforced by those under the banner of tolerance and unity. And the idea or the concept that is projected is that we're all praying to the same God, that all religions lead to the same place, and that it doesn't really matter who you address as God, who you call God, what name you pray in or who you believe in, it's all going to the same place or the same being. And this is an absolute lie. It's easy to say, but it's grossly uninformed and uneducated. The God of the Bible expressed through the person and deity of Jesus Christ is uniquely distinct different and separate from the gods of other religions. And when we look at the gods in other religions and major world religions throughout the world, we are going to see this major differentiating factor. And it's this, and I'm going to pick up on where we left off last week. It is this concept of family and knowing God as father. And we see this in the Garden of Eden. We examined it last week. And we also have talked about this on previous episodes. If you want to go back to the first few episodes of this podcast, Raising the Standard, you can learn about God's original intent for man. And we know that God designed and desired family. So what separates Christianity, what separates Jesus, what separates the Christian faith from all other world religions is that we know and we have a revelation of God as our Father. This is the way and this is the revelation that when Jesus Christ steps on the scene in his earthly mission, he reveals the Father. He brings in this new progressive picture from the Old Testament into the pages of the New Testament and the pages of world history, where he's now presenting God, his father, as this intimate relationship, this father that is good, this father that cares about us, wants to be in relationship with us, and desires a family. We are going to hear Jesus use this term, father, over and over again throughout his ministry. Father, my father the Father, our Father, and Father, is what he's constantly saying. It seems to be the single most important concept and revelation that Jesus is obsessed with as he ministers and as he speaks forth and brings the good news of the kingdom of God. You cannot separate his message from his Father and the will of his Father as expressed through Jesus. 
And I'm going to give you guys just a few quick hits. This is just a small sampling of where Jesus is referring to God as his father. And he starts out in John chapter 1, verse 18, where he says, No one has gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor except the Son, except himself. He has now unfolded to us the full explanation of who God truly is. Think about that for a moment. Jesus came and he's stating that God in that time period, at that moment in time, is unfolding the full expression, the fullness of everything that God is. And we see that summed up in this word, Father. We know the Lord's Prayer. Jesus will be approached by the disciples and the people of his day that say, teach us how to pray. And he teaches them and he gives them a model and a framework that starts with our Father, teaching them to relate to God in his designation as Father. In John chapter 14, the disciples approach Jesus and they say, show us the Father. They hear him talking about the Father. They see him demonstrating. They see him speaking everywhere he goes. He's saying, I and my Father are one. And he's constantly talking about the will of his Father and living for his Father. So the disciples are prompted to say, show us the Father. Show us the Father. And what he does is he responds, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. He'll go on to say, I only do the works of the Father. And so we have this picture, we have this documentation of everywhere Jesus goes, he's obsessed with talking about and doing the will of his Father. It is a priority. It is a primary in his life. And I want to take you to John chapter 17, because in John chapter 17, we're seeing Jesus close in on his earthly mission. He's about to bring the last three years or over three years of his earthly ministry to this culmination, to this summary, this summation point where he's gathering and he's expressing the meaning of all of his teaching, all of his works. He's gathering up all the meaning of everything and why he came into this world. And he's putting it into one powerful statement. He's wrapping everything up. He's culminating the words of his life, his work, and his walk with this statement. This is what I came for in John chapter 17. He says, what I came for, I have done. And here it is. I came to manifest your name. He's talking to God the Father. I came to manifest thy name. If we want to go to King James, Jesus reveals the Father. Now, let's talk about this word manifest for a moment, because if we're going to talk about manifest and revealing, let's talk about what it is not. Jesus did not say, I came and I taught. I came and I lectured. I came and I instructed and I preached and I told them, you are the Father. He does not say that. He says he manifested. Another way of saying manifested is that he demonstrated. This is different than teaching and preaching. When you see Jesus, you see the Father. This is a new revelation that causes you to see and to say what God is like. The people of the day wanted to know, what is God like? Show us the Father. And Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. It's a progressive demonstration. It's a manifestation that if you see Jesus, you see the Father. 
if we look at the heart of the matter here and we go back to Genesis chapter one and we look at the creation and we look at the creation account of man and woman, God places man and woman in the garden because God desires family. Family is God's idea. And that is the mission of Jesus. He's bringing and he's reconciling and he's bringing everything back to the father. It is a picture of family. So when Jesus says, I have come to do your will, the will of God is to restore the family of God. We see this expressed through Adam and Eve with a family representation there. And there's a bigger family, the family of God. And men, this is why it is so important as husbands and fathers, that we illuminate, that we walk in the revelation, that we bring forth and we show forth what it means to be a man in the earth, what it means to be a family, what it means to be a father to the family that we serve. So if we look at the progressive story throughout the Bible, we see family in Genesis. We see that's what God desires. That's what he wanted. That's why he creates Adam and Eve as a picture of the family. And throughout the Old Testament, after the fall, after sin enters the world, God has never let go of this idea of family. And we see it expressed through the Old Testament with the nation of Israel. God is pursuing them. He wants them to walk in the way that's prosperous. He wants to give them success. He wants to establish them. And we know throughout the history of Israel, as we look through the Old Testament, they will fall. They will stray. They will leave God. They will serve idols. They will serve false gods. And there's so much truth and richness to those stories and the types and the shadows that we can apply to our life. But the one point that I want to cement right now is that we have this picture of the nation of Israel leaving God the Father. They're leaving him and God in his loving mercy, in his kindness, in his long suffering, he sends messengers. These are known as the prophets and they approach Israel and they call them back sometimes with strong language and with discipline, but they're calling back and it's motivated from this place of love. Come back to the father, come back to the family. And we see this theme of family throughout the pages of the Old Testament. And then we step into the New Testament and we see Jesus coming onto the scene and revealing God in a new dimension that has never been known explicitly like this before, revealing and talking about this intimate union, this intimate connection, and this family, this familial bond of a father and a son. And we see the heart of the father expressed through Jesus with everything he does. There are prophecies in the Old Testament that the Messiah would heal up the wounds. He would bind up the brokenhearted. He would accept the rejected. He came to restore, to heal. And we see him doing that literally, walking that out and manifesting in his day-to-day -day activities. And as he does that, he's revealing the heart of the Father. As he heals the blind man, he's revealing the heart of the Father. As he pursues the leper, the outcast, the downtrodden, the rejected of the society and the culture, he's revealing the heart of the Father. And you guys know the parable of the prodigal son. What a beautiful picture of Jesus representing the father. He leaves the 99 and he goes after the one. We see Jesus obsessed and his primary focus is on the will of God. Everything he does is for his father. Everything he says, everywhere he moves, he says, unless I see my father do it, I don't do it. I only do the will of my father. So what is the will of the father? The will of God is the family of God. 
Jesus is the son. He's the firstborn son among many brethren. That's what we see as we look through the epistles in the New Testament. And the heart of family is that we would come into place as sons of God, not sharing in his deity, but sharing in his character and the perfected manhood and the state, that state of perfection, how Jesus is the standard for man, that he is the blueprint. He is the prototype. He is the firstborn among many. And guys, that's what we're called to follow. That's why I wrote the book, The Standard. It is about following Jesus as he sets the standard. And this is all part of our original intent. It's the original intent of the father to have family. And I want to make a statement now because we are so focused on the work of the cross and what Jesus did through salvation. But it's important for us to remember that salvation is a recovery plan. Everything Jesus accomplished on the cross and redemption, that entire redemptive package and gift and grace that he offers all of us, which is hugely important in the plan of God, it is a recovery program. It is to bring us back into right standing with God. And as we go from redemption and from the elementary things and we move on into progressive revelation of where God really wants to take us, what was his eternal intention? We see this concept of family. So I want to be clear on this. I love the message of the cross. We preach the cross. We preach Christ crucified. But it's also important to notice that salvation is a recovery plan. Salvation is not the end in itself. Salvation is the door. It is the door, guys. We are to be progressing beyond and into maturity and into full stature in our walk with the Lord and moving beyond, moving beyond hanging out at the threshold of the door. It's not just about getting people saved. It's not just about saying a prayer. It's not just about accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's about walking and living your life as you pursue the eternal purposes and the intention that God has for you. So I want to make this really practical and I want to talk about, okay, so God is our father. How is that different from leadership? What is the difference between leadership and fathering? Because this is a show and this is a calling for Christian men, men that want to occupy, men that want to expand in their calling, men that want to grow and move on to maturity. It's leadership, it's mindset, and it's development, spiritual development, personal development, always seeking to grow, always seeking to multiply where we are in life. So let's break this down and how do we move into this fathering role and understanding God as father and how does that impact us in our day-to-day? And we talk a lot about leadership here. And guys, if you're listening to this, you're most likely listening because you are a leader. You know you're called to be a leader. Even if you don't feel like you're leading right now, you know you have this call, this destiny over your life, and this assignment that you are to be leading where you're placed right now. And if we look at the concepts that we have unfolded in the past, if we look at leadership done the world's way versus leadership done God's way, we'll see this concept of servant leadership. But when we talk about fathers, we're talking about something even beyond that. Yes, servant leadership is part and parcel of being a father, but being a father is going to be marked with giving. When we look through the gospel, we see that God gave. When Jesus approaches John the Baptist and he goes under the waters of baptism, the voice from heaven breaks out. It's God the Father saying, this is my son. We know that famous verse in John chapter 3, 16, where it says, God so loved the world that he gave. God is a giver. 
Fathers are givers. Fathers are those who lay down their life. Fathers are those who sacrifice and relentlessly give with no hopes of obtaining anything in return. That is the heart of the father. That was the heart of Father God as he gives Jesus to us. That is the heart that we're called to carry as we move on into maturity. So I want to charge you men, you in your fathering role, whether right now you are a literal father or you're aspiring to be a father, and some of us are spiritual fathers. Some of us may not even have natural children, but there are people in my life that have served me as a spiritual father. And that is what we should be attaining. That is what we should be pursuing. And we have this picture in John where 1 John lays out the order of alignment, the order of progression and growth for all men. And it talks about little children to young men to fathers. The pinnacle he describes of coming into the fullness of God's plan for our life is that of father. And being a father is a giver. I want to give you three things that you need to understand to step into your role as father. And number one, first of all, we need to experience and encounter God the Father. Remember, Christianity is not just a book. It's not the Bible as if it's just some pages. It is a living word, but it is a person. Jesus is the word. This is an encounter and an experience. Paul said, I didn't come with the wisdom of the world, but I came with power. The gospel of the kingdom is a demonstration of power, encounter, and experience. So number one, we need to have an encounter with God the Father. Well, how do I get that? You pray and you ask, show me the Father. And guys, you can reach out to God right now and you can ask to see and to get that revelation of God's father heart, whether you had an earthly father or not, whether you had a natural father who was good to you or you were rejected or orphaned, it does not matter. God is your father. He is a good father and we need to see him that way. We also need to learn how to receive. We are talking about being a giver is one of the hallmarks of being a father well, you cannot give if you have not learned how to receive. You need to learn how to receive love, how to receive healing, how to receive gifts from God. God is a good God. Jesus said that if you as earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly father want to give you good gifts? And if God is a good father, he has gifts for us. He is a giver and we need to learn how to receive. And lastly, we are called to be a giver. So our lives should be marked with generosity. Where can you be generous today? Guys, I'm going to challenge you and I'm going to challenge myself. Where can we be more generous? Where can we be more giving? Where can we live more sacrificially? Where can we give? Where can we lay things down and exemplify and exhibit and reveal the heart of the Father in the sphere of influence that we are walking in today? So guys, in closing, I want to let you know, Christianity is not a religion. Jesus did not come to give us a set of rules, um, documents to follow, a rule book and a guidebook. He came to have a relationship with us. We are talking about the person 
of Jesus Christ revealing and carrying the heart of the Father. And if you do not know him, I am going to invite you to pray and ask the Lord to reveal the Father's heart to you. If this message is new to you, if it's foreign, if you want to learn more about what we are saying here when we talk about having a relationship with the creator of the universe, having a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm going to invite you to check out episode seven, Jesus Sets the Standard for All Men. I will break down that original intent. I will break down what that means and how to move forward into a relationship with God. Until the next time, guys, let's raise the standard. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If what you heard here today resonated with you and you want to fully step in to be the man that God created and called you to be, then I want to give you a free guide. It's called The Map, and you can get it at standard59.com. In The Map, I will give you 12 biblical strategies that every kingdom man pursuing biblical masculinity must honor. If you're ready to step off the sidelines and pursue the upward call, then get the map today at standard59.com. That's standard59.com. Hey, if there's a brother in your life that needs to hear this message, then share this show with them. And please leave us a rating and review. It helps get the message out there to more men. Until the next show, guys, let's raise the standard.